Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Hope Church. Hey, John, come on up here. Hey, right before we get started, um, I've asked John Barton. If you don't know John, he's he's a real deal. Uh, you need to get to meet him if you haven't. Um, our students, as Chris talked about, left just this morning, like like uh, just a couple hours ago. They left, and they're driving to Southern California. They get to take a summer youth missions trip surfing at Trussell's. I mean, come on. Like who? Who? I, I told I, I've told my boys a hundred times in the last week. I've been, I've been like, you you guys don't understand, like where I went to camp as a kid growing up, and it was not anything like that. I was like, and I'm sure they were like, oh yeah, whatever, Dad. So anyway, we want to pray a prayer of blessing over them as they travel, and of course the things that will happen in them this week. Um, I was called to full time ministry as a junior in high school at summer camp, and. Um, and so I've asked John to come and just pray a prayer of blessing over our students this week as they travel. How many of the students went? How many? So I think we have, um, at last count, 25. 25. 25 plus about 5 to 10 um, adult leaders as well. Yeah. That's great. Shall we pray? Bow our heads. Father, thank you for the goodness you have for us. We pray a special blessing on our, our campers and our leaders who have gone down south. Lord, we first of all want to pray for protection as they travel. Keep them safe. May your angels uh, guard their vehicles as they travel and help them to arrive safely. And Father, we know that camp is an important time for young people. If we look back on church history, how many great leaders were called and had that seed planted at a very early age, even like Pastor Tim. Father, we just pray you'll, you'll plant seeds and that they will respond to the call you pl- you're, you're going to place on their life. And Father, we pray that as those students are out surfing and suffering for Jesus, we pray that you'll help them to realize the awesomeness of your creation. And as they're spending time in the evening learning more about how much you love them, that you love them so much it hurt. We pray, again, you'll plant those seeds to uh, follow you in a more deeper way. And Lord, as they return, again, keep them safe. And Father, may the campers and the leaders not come back the same people as they were before they left. May you speak in all of their lives in a special way. And we thank you for the, the openness and willingness of, of our leaders here at, at Hope to allow these students to take a trip down south. My sister is pushing 80, and she still remembers her camp days at, at, camp at Hume Lake made such an important impact on her life. May this continue with our campers and our missionaries down south. We thank you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Thanks, John, so much. All right. Well, uh, speaking of traveling and heading down south, um, how many of you, so, so I'm going somewhere with this, how many of you were born and raised in Santa Cruz? How, how many of you? Yeah, so we have, oh, just like a handful. Wow. Okay, wow. So, like, you guys are, like, like greatly outnumbered um, right now. Uh, so, for those of you who didn't grow up here, 
maybe you remember this. Do you remember the first time that you drove the one for like any length of time? Like maybe you went up to, you know, uh, maybe you went up to the city um, and you took the one going up, or maybe you went down south, Big Sur, and you went down south that way. Do you remember the first time that you drove the one? I don't know. If, maybe it's been a while for you. Maybe, maybe it's been a while. For us, we just moved here like five years ago. And we still remember, oh my goodness, the first time we were like, hey, let's go up. So somebody told us it's like a fun drive to like go like Half Moon Bay and like go up to the city that way. And so let's take the, let, let's do that. And every turn, do you remember this? If you remember every turn, every twist and turn, we were like, what? We were like on overload. We were just like, oh, we stop, we take pictures. And we go around the next bend and we're like, what? And we stop and we take pictures. And it was just like this amazing, it was like overload. By the time we got there and back, we were just tired. We were like, oh, it was so awesome. To this day, Nicole and I still, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. You think that I'm exaggerating and that I'm, I'm, I'm lying as a pastor up here? I'm not. I am not. Every single day of our lives, Nicole and I are just like, what the heck is going on? Like, what, how do we live here? How do we live in this place? And, um, and, then, and then we open up our bank account and we're drawn back to reality and we, we, we realize some things. But no, do you remember, though, that first time that you did that? And it was just so amazing, so beautiful, so stunning. And you're just so full of awe, right? Um, and there's so many parts of, our, of our, the place where we live that are like that. Um, how many of you, though, as I describe that, maybe it's been a while since you thought that? Maybe some of you have, haven't thought that for many, many years. Has the awe and the wonder, have the awe and wonder worn off a little bit for you? Like, do you, do you take it for granted? Are you complacent in it? Do you, do you, and, then, and then what happens a lot of times, if you ever get in this place, um, you just have somebody who comes to visit. And then you get to be the tour guide, and you get to relive all over again, like all these amazing parts of our community and, and all of that, and you're reminded of, of the amazingness that we have here. You know, in this life, it is, it is normal for us. It's a normal human thing for us to lose our awe and wonder. How many of you who are married or have been in a long-term relationship are like, amen? Amen? Don't say it too loudly. Don't raise your hand. I, 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 I should have said that before I raised my hand so nobody here got in trouble. Nicole and I, uh, we've been married now. We'll be going on, we'll be going on uh, 26 years this year. And, um, and how many of you who are married know or been in a long-term relationship, you know that it takes a little bit of work, right? That, that sometimes I've heard of people doing this, not me personally, but I've heard of people who sometimes lose the awe and the wonder of the relationship. You remember when you first dated and, and, and you saw the person and you physically, like you just lit up like, oh, you're here, you know, and, and you got to spend time with them and, and then now your, your spouse or someone walks in the door and they're like, hello, I, like I just walked in, I've been here like 10 minutes, you haven't said a word to me. You know, oh, sorry, I was, you know. 
we lose our awe and wonder. And for many of us who follow after Jesus, if you have followed Jesus for a while, you may be in a place in your life where, in your relationship with Jesus, where you, lose, you have lost sort of that awe and wonder. Maybe you're going through the motions. Maybe it's been a while since you've been stunned by the goodness of God. Maybe it's been a while since you've just sat back and were like, what the heck? The God of the universe is like in love with me? And I'm in love with him? And every day I get to spend time with him? And I open up his word, and he speaks to me, like, so deeply. And I read through his word, and I'm just like, and it's like, every time I turn the page, it's like turning the corner on the one. And I'm like, what? Right now, I'm in the Old Testament. You, that, that's that's, that's a, sometimes a challenge in the Old Testament. If you're not familiar with the Bible, the Old Testament, or the pre-birth of Jesus on planet Earth, section of the Bible um, has some weird stuff in it. Can we, can we just be honest? It's got some weird stuff in it. You may turn the page in the Old Testament and be like, what is that? Right? But sometimes we lose our awe and our wonder when it comes to our relationship with God. And so today I want to walk through a story in the New Testament, the section uh, that covers the birth of Jesus on this earth till the end of days. And we're going we're gonna to look at uh, a story, and it's right after Jesus has lived his life. And if you don't know the story, every single Sunday we have people here at Hope Church, which is so awesome, who are hearing the story for the first time. And if you don't know the story, um, Jesus came and uh, was born all God, all man, born here on this earth and lived a perfect, sinless life. The only one, the only one to ever do that. And when he was 33 years old, he willingly gave up his life. He was unjustly accused of wrongdoing. He was violently beaten. He was killed, and he was put in the grave. And three days later, he was resurrected to life. And when he was resurrected to life, he brought victory over sin and over death, and he brings us hope. This is the good news of Jesus, right? Well, after 40 days of being here, after his resurrection, Jesus, uh, what we call, ascended. He, he went back to, to uh, being with God the Father, and he sent the Holy Spirit to come and, and live with us. And he said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come and, and live, live with you, be with you, and uh, you're going to have power because of the Holy Spirit. And he said, in fact, you're going to do greater things than I ever did. What? I mean, Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus healed people. Jesus fed, miraculously fed thousands of people with, like, very little food. Jesus did some amazing things. He taught some really amazing things. And he said, you're going to do greater things than I've done. And so Jesus steps forward, and he steps out, and he steps up, and he leaves the Holy Spirit to us. And we're going to pick up the story with the very first group of Jesus followers who were navigating, how do I live with this Holy Spirit power in me with Jesus not there right by my side? 
These guys that we're going to journey with today walked with Jesus. In fact, Jesus chose 12 guys, 12 dudes, who were going to be um, his sort of inner circle followers, and he was going to train them in the ways of the kingdom of God so that when he was gone, uh, they would take it and expand his kingdom here on this earth. In that 12, there were three that were the inner, inner circle. That was Peter, James, and John. We're going to pick up the story now with two of those guys in Acts chapter 3, uh, A-C-T-S, if you're not familiar with the Bible, Acts chapter 3. You can turn there in your Bibles if you have it. Uh, you can also uh, look up at the screen. We've got it up on the screen. Um, Acts chapter 3 is where we're going to get started today. And we're going to pick up this story with Peter and John. So in these three who were part of the inner, inner circle of Jesus, Peter, James, and John, in this case, it's just Peter and John, just two of them. And uh, they're going to show us, they're going to walk us through an experience that they had that is going to remind us about how God wants us to see our relationship with him, about how God wants to restore the awe and the wonder of your relationship with him. If it's been a little while since you've been awed and stood in wonder of God and his love for you and his relationship that he wants with you and the life he has set aside for you, today is a day that we hope that God is going to begin to restore some of the awe and wonder. You ready? All right. That's a lot to live up to right now. But the good thing is, you're not here to listen to me, um, you know, talk about what I think about stuff. Um, you're here today to dive into God's word, um, and, that, and that brings the power. So here we go. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So Peter and John, Jesus has ascended. Uh, he has now sent the Holy Spirit. Uh, they have seen amazing things happen so far, but they're still living this life where Jesus is no longer physically with them. And they're doing what they knew to do, what their practice was, which was to go to the temple every day and pray. This is, this is a common practice for Jewish people. It was 3 o'clock in the afternoon. In verse 2, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Now, here's what you need to know about first century belief and culture and customs. If you were born with some sort of handicap, something that wasn't perfect, like if you weren't perfectly normal as, as a child, if you were born that way, here's what was assumed of you. Either you sinned, which kind of sucks because you're a baby, like you're born with, like, like, that's not fair, right? right? Like you sinned somehow. Um, or more likely, your parents sinned. So if you had a child and there was some handicap uh, involved there, you were instantly shamed as a parent. You, it changed everything for you. Everybody looked at you like, they were, like you did something wrong to cause your child to be born this way. Can you imagine can you imagine what that must have been like as a parent? And like this dude, he like his whole life, this was all he knew. This was all that this guy knew. He was lame from birth. Every day he was put, look at this, being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. 
So this guy, this was his life. This is all he knew. He had to be picked up, carried, set down at the temple gates where everybody would come in for prayers all throughout the day, and then he would beg for, for, for food, for money, for whatever they could give him, right? And then at the end of the day, he had to be picked up again and carried back to wherever it was that he was staying, and the next day he'd get up and he'd do it all over again. Every day of his life, this is what he knew. This is what he knew. Do you know somebody, or maybe have you ever felt like this yourself, where you've been in a place where every single day is drudgery? And some of you are like, yep, that's me right now. Um, Every day is not a day that you look forward to. Every day just feels like you're getting up and you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you have no options. You're stuck. You, you, like financially, maybe. Have you, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever been in a relationship? Maybe it's even a marriage relationship where you've lost the awe and wonder, and you wake up and you're like, oh. Have you ever been in that place? Relationships, school, work, like you, you fill in the blank. That's what this guy did every day. Every day he was at the mercy of somebody else. Verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he did what he did. He asked them for money. Peter looked straight as at him, as did John. And Peter said, look at us. This is, this is huge, and we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this at the end. We're going to walk through this story, and then I'm going to reflect a little bit on this story. We're going to come back to this point right here. Peter and John look at this dude and they say, hey, 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 look, 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 look at us right here, look at us right here. Why? Because have you, have, you, have you ever been in a place yourself or have you ever been around a person who has no, no other option but to maybe hold up a sign? Generally speaking, people don't like to make eye contact in that situation. Most people will just walk on by or drive on by and not look at the person holding the sign right there. Do you know, um, I, I, I have never done that. I, I mean, I've never held a sign. I, I've, I've never, never had to do that in my life. But I've spent a lot of time with people who have and who do. And do you know that they say that the most powerful thing that you could possibly do is look them in the eye and acknowledge them. Hey, what's your name? Oh, John, man, it's so good to meet you. Hey, my name's Tim. Are you from here? Is this home for you? No, 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 man, I traveled through, and I just haven't been able to get back out. And uh, Peter and John looked at this dude, and they said, hey, 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 look, look at us. Look, look at us right here. And look what they did. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them, of course, right? Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I'm going to give to you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. So in a moment, this guy is going from every day being carried 
by somebody else, sitting right where he put, not able to move, begging at the complete mercy of other people, and then being picked back up and taken home and doing it all over again. In a moment, this guy's expectations are about to shift. He expected that they were going to give him something, money or food, right? In this case, money. And his expectations were about ready to shift. His awe and wonder about this life and specifically about the person of Jesus Christ is about ready to skyrocket. This is his moment. Peter and John say this, I don't have any money, but what I do have I'm going to give you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Now, now this book right here, if you don't know, this book, Acts, A-C-T-S, A-C-T-S not Acts, the body spray, that all went with the kids as they went down south. You know what I'm saying? They love that stuff. Um, both, of, both of my boys are on this trip. And, um, and, and moms and dads, this is like, this is like life advice that your, your boys need to have if you have boys. Um, Axe, body spray. Don't, just don't. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just Leave, and if, I'm sorry if you have that on right now. I'm, I'm not going to judge you. I'll judge my boys. I expect more. But. So I didn't think that through. So if, if, you were, if you're wearing some of that today, I'm, I'm sorry for that. Okay. So instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. So this book of Acts was written by a doctor whose name was Luke. He didn't say that the man was healed and the guy just jumped up. He's a doctor. He knew what had happened. The guy's feet, look, look what does it say? His feet and then his ankles became strong as he stood up. Peter reached out, grabbed him by his hand, lifted him up, and instantly everything that was broken and not working well worked. And the guy stood up and he was healed. He jumped to his feet, verse 8, and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping, praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with a wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So this guy, in a moment, his awe and wonder is off the charts. He's been healed. His life instantly changes. Everything is different now. He jumps up. He recognizes it as God, and he's praising God. And then everybody around him was filled, what does it say? With wonder and amazement. They, it's like they drove around a new corner, a new curve on the one, and they were like, what is happening while the man, verse 11, held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished, and they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. This is a part of the Jewish temple that had lots of columns. That's why it was called the Colonnade, in case you weren't familiar with Colonnade. 
When Peter saw this, he said to the people, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. In Jewish culture, this was the group. This was the OG of the Jewish religion. These were the, these were the dudes. Every, this, these were icons. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant, Jesus. Now, he's going to lower the boom right here, okay? So hold on, hold on, buckle up. You handed him over to be killed. Whoa, Peter? Come on, man, that's not, a pos that's not very positive. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had, Pilate had decided to let Jesus go. You disowned the holy and righteous one. Yikes. Not a lot of eye contact happening right now. You asked that a murderer be released to you instead of Jesus. And if, he, if it couldn't get any more dramatic, you killed the author of life. Whew. But... God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. It's by faith in the person of Jesus Christ that this man was healed, why are you surprised by this, he says to the people. Have you lost your awe and wonder for who Jesus is and what he can do? Maybe you're here this morning and you're like, no, Tim, I haven't lost it. I, I, I don't, I've, I've never had it. Like, I'm just exploring this Jesus deal. But for many of you here today, You've been following after Jesus. You would call yourself a follower of Jesus, a Jesus follower, a Christian, which means little Christ. You're a little Christ. You're, you're a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, all God, all man, the author of life, who was raised from the dead, who raised other people from the dead, who, who healed people, who fed people, who taught people. You're a follower of Jesus the resurrected. And in your life, do you feel that awe and wonder? Do you look at people who experience amazing things in their lives as a follower of Jesus and it surprises you? And I think Peter would look at us who are in that boat and he would say, why does that surprise you? Like, why... Why, how? They didn't even have the Bible. We do. And Peter would be like, why does that surprise you? And, oh, by the way, if in your life it's been a while since you've been in awe and wonder of the one called Jesus and his power in your life, maybe, maybe God would have you to experience a renewal of his power in your life. 
Maybe he wants to blow a fresh wind through your life. Maybe, you know what's going to happen for a lot of our students who go down this week? A number of them have already placed their faith in Jesus Christ. And this week is going to be a renewal for them. They're going to get baptized along with a lot of other students who place their faith in Christ for the very first time because they want to see God do something new in their life. If you've come to the place in your life where you've stopped expecting more, then this is for you. More grace, more mercy, more love, more healing, more power, more peace. God always wants more for you and me, more hope. He wants more for you. And, and if, you've, if you're in the place in your life where you've, where you've lost that sense of that, that God wants more for me today, as I wake up and I open up his scriptures, and I, and I read through the word of God, he has more for me. I can't wait to get into the word of God most days because I know that he's got something waiting for me. He's, he's got it right here for me. I, I can't wait to step out of my front door and see what God has in store for me today at work, at the gas station, at the grocery store, at, you know, uh, in the water. Um, I can't wait for what he has in store for me because I know he's got some stuff waiting for me. This is who God is, and he hasn't stopped being who he is. And I think this morning, as we walk through this particular story, God would remind us and encourage us that he has more for us. He has more for you as a person. He has more for Hope Church. He has more for Santa Cruz County. He has more for the Monterey Bay region. He has more for this country and for this world. He has more. So, so, so let, let me reflect back on, on this story. To look at in this story. The first thing, and you're going to see these up on the screen. I'll read the verses, and then you'll see these up on the screen. Peter looked straight at the man, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. When God is renewing your level of expectation, when God is lifting you up, when God is restoring your awe and wonder, you need to be reminded they didn't just walk past this dude. They didn't just throw something to him and keep walking. They stopped, turned, and they looked at him, and they said, hey, look at us. God sees you. Now, for some of you, that's the only thing you need to hear today. And you're all in wonder. Your level of expectation for what, who God is and what he does is going to be restored in this simple truth that God sees you. You're not alone. He sees your pain. He sees your hurt. He sees your frustration. He even sees that you've lost your own wonder and you don't even realize it. He sees that. He sees you for who you are. And he loves you so deeply. Isn't that amazing? Like some of us just need to be reminded of that today. That God sees you. 
But that's not it. That's not it. Because look what happens next. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. God not only sees you, God is reaching out to you. God is reaching out to you right now. Whether you're here in the room, whether you're out on the patio, or whether you're online right now, or you're watching this at some point during the week to come, God is reaching out to you right now. God who is just out there somewhere. God is with us. John, John, Peter and John, John says this, the word of God, became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. This is, this is the God that we know who loves us so much that he came down and became one of us so that he could be in relationship with us. This is how much he loves us. He sees you, but he reaches out to you. Now watch this. Let's keep going. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. God doesn't just see you. He doesn't just reach out to you. God wants to heal and change and forgive and release you. God loves you. I mean, God looks at you. He reaches down. But when he reaches down and he grabs you, he heals you. He restores you. He brings new life to you. He gives you hope and joy and peace and love. He gives you vision. He gives you the ability to see yourself differently, the ability to see people differently, the ability to see our community differently. This is what God does. This is the business that he's in. I I love this picture that's being painted in this story. Now watch this. The people around, remember, were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to this guy. Jesus, God not only sees you, not only reaches out to you, he not only wants to heal you and forgive you, forgive you and release you, but God wants to use your story to point people to Jesus. It wasn't just this guy's healing that, that God had in mind. It was that the whole community was stirred up, that they were in awe and amazement. They were in wonder at what God had done. They were reminded about the God of the universe who cares and loves, Right? Now watch this. Peter turns to the people and he says, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Through everything that's happening here, God is changing our expectations. This is the reality. God is changing our expectations. This morning, through his word, God is looking straight into your heart and he's saying, I want you to expect more from me. I want you to expect more from our relationship. I want you to expect more from the situations that you're in. Why? Because I'm in them. I'm right there with you, and I'm in them with you. This is what I do. I reach down. I see you. I reach down, I pull you up, I heal you, I forgive you, I release you. I tell my story through you. And I think that if God were standing here today physically speaking to you, he's speaking through me, through his word right now, but if he were standing here physically in the flesh, like speaking to you, 
he would say, I, I want so much more for you. I want so much more for you. Lean into me. Come on, I, I'm, 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 I'm seeing you. I'm reaching down. I'm healing you. I'm telling my story through you, and I want to do significant things. By the end of this one generation of people, the entire good news gospel story of Jesus Christ had gone to the ends of the earth in one generation with no internet, with no Bible like this, with none of what we have today in one generation. Imagine what could happen with a group of people who could grab a hold of this and say, God, I believe you for more. I believe you for what you want to do in this community. I believe that the food that we give out on Saturdays for Hope Feeds, and we have one little shed with a, with a, with a uh, refrigerator in it, and that we filled up this week, and we had to put stuff in the hallways up here, hoping that it would sort of stay cool and okay until Saturday when we could give it out. We believe God for things like walking coolers so we could store more food, right? We believe that every time that we gather, we're believing that when we gather like this, that people are going to place their faith in Jesus and turn from death to life, right? We're, we're, we're believing that marriages are going to be restored and that people's sickness is going to be healed and that relationships are going to be redeemed, right? We believe that in this county, our students who struggle so much, they struggle so much, uh, so many things in our community, um, drugs, and, and just so much, so much in our community. We believe that, that young people can come to Jesus and that their lives can be turned over and that they can experience true life, that, that the holes that they're trying to fill in their hearts, the God-sized holes, can be filled, right? We believe that mental health can be restored, right? We believe that these things can happen because Jesus is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. We've experienced it in our lives. We can open up the Bible and we can see it experienced right here as well. And I think today is a day where God is reaching out to us and saying, I want you to believe me for more. And so what are you going to do about it? We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.